0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of LGA. That is lit, lit, lit. gaming, gaming, gaming. Arena. Arena. arena, for those of you who don't know. My name is Marcus, and I am joined by Justin. What's up? Every week, we are here, except for the last couple of weeks, where we fucked up. Uh, but we say the bad words here, and, uh, yeah, we talk about games and shit. So let's get to-to-to-to-to-to!
1: All right, hello and welcome to episode sixty-five. You might notice there's some missing numbers. As we, if you listen to our previous episode, there's going to be a couple missing episodes out in the void, and uh, the other episodes in between will be coming out. Um, eventually, I'm going to get to those, but in the meantime, I want to put out some hot, fresh, relevant podcasting for you all, so you're not listening to old stuff, but. The old stuff is still good content. It's entertaining to listen to. I always have a good time when I edit it. It's just that shit happened and uh, the podcast got delayed. And most of it is just me not editing. And re- like when it comes down to it, it's just me not editing the show. <laughs> um, mostly my fault. So my bad, you guys. Um, as it turns out, Uh, that, that, uh, seasonal affective disorder is a little more extreme than I thought it was. (laughs) So that really got to me when the weather started changing or, and when it started going to like mildly warm to like, now it's like actually warm and I'm just like, fuck, I'm tired and I don't want to do anything but sleep and, um, and sleep. That's all I want (laughs) to do. Um, but yeah, so I'm getting back into the groove here. We're back in the saddle here. At LGA getting this ball rolling Into The podcast verse I don't know this seemed to happen to me This also happened to me last year too Around this time And we didn't really get into the swing of it Until like July again So A little better than last year <laughs> But uh Yeah we're back in it We're back at it um, So yeah this this show Is all about the games And bunch of other bullshit we say gamer words not the worst ones but some gamer <laughs> words there's some gamer words you can't say um but uh yeah so before we jump into video games there's something that we always do here on the lg cast and it is of course our uh our sponsor our sponsor uh game fuel ah. oh, I'm always hard to open so as i take my drink of game feel i got blue today i was feeling crazy i was feeling adventurous i usually get the red but you know i haven't had blue in a while actually and since we haven't been like recording episodes i actually haven't had a game feel in a a few weeks i only get it when we record (laughs) so feels good feels good to have that game feel back in my system feel it rushing through um i wouldn't say veins because i didn't inject it (laughs) <laughs> Straight into your veins? Yeah, I just, I'm injecting game fuel into my veins. That sounds like a terrible idea. I don't recommend that. We are not a medical podcast. Um, we are a gaming podcast, and we don't condone the uses of illicit drugs. No. <laughs>
0: Caffeine.
1: Caffeine. That is a legal drug. Have as much as you want. Uh, have as much as you have as much as you can take. Caffeine peels, forget about it. Take them all. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so, God, it's been forever since we've we talked about games, but uh, Marcus, what are, you, what are you playing these days? What are you getting into? Shit,
0: since last time, i played everything under the fucking song. <laughs> oh, man, where to begin? Where to begin? So, i had been playing it before quarantine, but I finally finished it up. But I mentioned that I had been playing uh, Plague, Plague Tale of Innocence. Oh, that's right! Finally finished that up. Great game. That's an
1: interesting game. Um, my it favorite sucks part the was the best
0: parts is the end, but I can't really talk about
1: it. <laughs> uh, my favorite part was when you uh, you like distracted a guard by like flinging something in a direction or at some light <laughs> or something, and he like goes and looks at it, but then he like comes back and then you fling something at him. He's like, "Oh, again? I better go look <laughs> at it." <laughs> What was that? Like he, like the fact that he like actually says, I better go look at it. I, <laughs> it's, I felt God. as far as like
0: this game being more like budgeted and still very good looking, very cinematic game. And yeah. I think they worked within their means and it really paid off for them. Uh, great game. Yeah, Pass it a game. It's still game. on Game
1: Pass. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so if you have Game Pass, go check it out. It's pretty decent. It's not too long of a game. Um, Um,
0: it's longer than I expected but it is about 20 to 25 hours somewhere in there
1: but it's not yeah it's it's a decent it's I mean I mean yeah I wasn't thinking it's not a three hour game but I mean it's a it's shorter than you would think I guess I don't know yeah I mean it's a decent length for what
0: it is I mean it is kind of a for me it's more of a one and done but I know some people will probably replay it a few times but I liked what it was, but I like the Telltale games and all that stuff. And it's kind of in the same avenue. It has limited combat, but yeah, yeah, I played that. Um, Then after that, with that same group of friends, I rolled into A Way Out because that was on sale for like $7 or so. Yeah. So a
1: lot of people were streaming this. uh, That game's great.
0: Um, It's made by the people who made uh, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. And it's very okay. similar because you play two characters. they're you're in prison, and you kind of have a—you don't know at first, but you have a common goal, a common enemy, to say the least. And you break out as you do, and you're you're bros. It's a game about yeah. bros.
1: <laughs> yeah, I watched some people stream the game. It seems it seemed like there's some pretty good tense moments in it.
0: Yeah, it's got a lot of really good moments, as much as it's kind of predictable, but probably yeah. my biggest gripe is that so both things are happening simultaneously the screens split screen but because of this conversations you can have independent conversations but it, kinda oh, it kind of turns up and down audio when it feels like so <laughs> overlapping
1: conversations yeah and it like it does a lot of like switching too like where like it'll be side to side split screen and then then it'll be like horizontal and vertical yeah Yeah. it switches back and forth and sometimes
0: it'll make one side of the screen bigger and smaller depending on what's going on
1: I think it's cool that it's adaptive like that it's not just hey this is how the game is deal with it they kind of make it part of the story Um, yeah they
0: really thought about that stuff in terms of like importance like oh this character is doing a real important thing make that side bigger so you can kind of tell what's going
1: on the motorbike scene was hilarious to me watching that on stream because the per- one of the people just totally fucked up and just like, <laughs> <laughs> like they they totally fucked up and it seemed like a pretty it seemed like it would have like just looking at it, it seemed like one of those kind of easier like hard to fail scenarios because it's like the game wasn't built for riding a motorbike so it just kind of was pushing you in the right direction and they still managed to like go completely horizontal <laughs> and fuck up. And it like it's kind of like nothing's really high stakes
0: because even failing out, it just kind of pulls you back a little bit. Um, But it's a narrative focused game. So that's kind of why with that group of friends that I roll into those or like the Telltale games because we can watch it like a movie. But in this one, we could play co-op and it's a good co-op experience.
1: Yeah, I might. I was looking into getting that someday, but
0: I mean, it was like seven bucks. So. It's probably on Game Pass now for all I fuck. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) Um then I If not, it will be soon. uh, So I wrapped up well, I haven't finished a way out, but I wrapped up that, but I kinda like to keep my games like segmented, you know. That's my game with that group. So I'm not gonna play it without that group. Yeah. Um and I mentioned I started Paper Mario on the Wii U, just the original Paper Mario, and I finished that up, which so This leads to a greater conversation about Paper Mario. And, well, I guess I'll do this here because I don't really want to record a separate cast for it. But Paper Mario, especially the first one, isn't as good, as, especially in 2020, as it was back when it came out. I think it still holds up in terms of a N64 game, but more or less, they didn't really know quite what they were doing. They definitely chose the paper style to differentiate it from... Mario 64 and other Mario games because they yeah they needed a gimmick or in this case I think the choice to do the paper sprite work uh gave the game a specific feel and differentiated it from everything else they were doing and actually looked really good for the time but the problem is they didn't really know or even consider like what it means to be made out of paper until much later in that franchise oh, yeah. so like Paper Mario doesn't really play with like it wasn't until like Super Paper Mario where they really played with a dimensionality of it, of like switching perspective. And so you can slide between cracks and shit. Um, And I've never played Thousand Year Door, but that's kind of next on the agenda, sort of. But my bigger issue with Paper Mario and I've always felt this way, but Mario Super Mario RPG came out in 96 and it was you know, jointly made by like Square Enix making a Mario game and making it an RPG. And it's like full title is uh Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars or whatever bullshit. And Paper Mario also plays with this seven stars crap. So you got to save these seven stars and bring them together because Bowser. See, this is where it gets boring. At the very beginning of the game, (laughs) you fight Bowser, you lose to Bowser because he uses star power because he stole the star rod from the star people and star heaven and he steals the princess and hoists the castle up into the sky like Peach's castle. And then you're, you were too weak to stop him because he's basically invincible with the star rod. But then you got to go on this journey to save the stars that has imprisoned because they're the only things that can nerf his power, so to speak. Now, (laughs) Super Mario RPG very beginning of the game it's much more epic because you do fight Bowser but you kick his ass it's real easy you just that's the very first fight of the game and then Exor falls from the fucking sky giant fucking sword stabs straight into the goddamn castle flings you super far away flings Bowser super far away and then (laughs) shortly after this you eventually will this is about chapter three in the game but you'll meet up with Bowser and he'll eventually join your team And I only point this out as being like very important because this is 1996 and they were already subverting the tropes of Mario and making bad guys good guys in this case where like Paper Mario just followed the classic formula like, oh, Bowser just steals Peach. And I mean, there are some moments where you control Peach that kind of suck and you just got to wander around the castle and you help out Mario from there by relaying information to him, and you can send items to him as well, but it, 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 I think that downplays, like, Peach's in games where she's typically playable, she's more of a powerhouse character, she's usually a pretty good character, and this, it really relegated her back into that role of being a princess in another castle type, like, oh, you princess, you gotta save her, you know, typical bullshit, which, once again, Mario RPG subverted all this. Bowser joins your team later, Peach joins your team. You're all fighting on the same team to destroy Smithy and the Smithy gang, which is like X Smithy himself and a whole bunch of other fuckos, but they all have unique (laughs) designs and shit. Like they all look kind of fucking creepy to be honest, but that's that square spilling in there and making unique monsters or playing with some of the Mario monsters and making them more monstrous in a, you know, like adding those final fantasy elements to it. like, they made uh they made the, the some of the Koopa units into knights. Now Paper Mario, on the other hand, is like, what if what if there was a King Goomba and that was a boss? What if we had four Koopas, just regular ass Koopas, and they all just wore different colored masks and they were basically the ninja turtles? It's lame. <laughs> Those bosses are all lame. So and I'm not saying like like Paper Mario is a good like my first RPG, but at at the same time, uh a SNES game of of Mario of uh, not Paper Mario that uh, Mario RPG is just a better experience on the whole. It's got good little vignettes when you're in the towns and visiting these towns. Like early when you get Gino on your team, well, when you first get introduced to Gino, there's a girl playing with these dolls, and one of them is Mario, one's Bowser, and they're fighting. And then she sees Mario walks in the house, and she wants Mario to play with her, and then she's like kicking Mario's ass with the Bowser toy. And then she busts out the Gino toy and defeats Bowser with Gino. And then Gino inhabits that body. It's a weird thing, but it it was a good (laughs) moment. I just, I just firmly believe that Mario RPG which, I mean, I know I'm not alone in this, but it was the better game, and it function. and I only bring it up because I know some people would say it's removed from Paper Mario, but Paper Mario is built on the shoulders of of Mario RPG. Mario RPG already got, uh, arguably got, like, split in half, and one half became Paper Mario, which is the more child-friendly franchise, and then the more serious side is the Mario and Luigi series, but both Halfs are not as good as Mario RPG was like. They both have good elements, (laughs) but they're not. They were never quite as good as that Mario RPG, which speaking of. So after I finished Paper Mario, I was supposed to roll into Thousand Year Door, but I started playing Mario RPG because I'm sick (laughs) and have a disease. I got to play Mario RPG. I'm about halfway through it because I got a problem. So it's a good game. It's really, really good. You ever get a chance to play it, play it. it you, you'll thank me later. It does look like a weird, <laughs> gross claymation almost because it's like probably made in the same way Donkey Kong was where they probably made 3D models and just put pixel art over the top of it. And it's a weird <laughs> isometric camera kind of. It's a weird fucking yeah. game, but it's amazing. Um. Anyway, so that's at least my Mario minute on that. I'm... <laughs> I was hoping to have finished Wind Waker, but I got sidetracked by another game that I'm playing with a different group of friends from that other group of friends. I know this is speaking very vague, but uh, <laughs> I've my friends that live in different states I've been playing online games with, and one such game that I played with them was Minecraft Dungeons. It's not a great
1: game. I'm just going to say that right out of the top.
0: <laughs> it's not a great
1: game. I've, I've heard very... Uh polarizing comments about this. I it's, haven't checked it out for myself yet. I have it like downloaded and everything, but I've been playing other games. So I haven't quite checked into it yet. I've seen some people be very
0: critical, like very, very critical about Minecraft dungeon. And I don't think it's as bad as they say. And I say that specifically because this was a budgeted project. And I don't, I feel like when they're speaking so poorly about it they don't realize it's a 20 game
1: <laughs> yeah i think oh, some people might be a little unfairly uh judging it up against uh diablo oh yeah and it's <laughs> it was never the the more fair comparison
0: and the one i always thought torchlight. it's like is well not even torchlight I, torchlight's closer to diablo i feel yeah than this true. ever was but this is Closer to a uh, gauntlet. If you you go to it thinking it's more like a gauntlet, which is kind of like a Diablo, like really light game, it's okay. And I mean, it's fine to play with your friends. There was three of us, like me and two other people. And it was a good just like game to have on while we had conversations about a bunch of other bullshit. And I played through it. Uh, all three difficulties to completion and you know got all the achievements in it and it's all right it's like is the best game around absolutely not is it okay mindless fun yeah (laughs) it's something to do (laughs) yeah Um. yeah just like you know killing guys getting gear it's you know it's dumb fun and then the the art's good it looks it looks good but you would think the netcode would be better but it's like laggy and you know not so not so great on The netcode front, um, so
1: that's a shame,
0: yeah. You would think it would be a lot better because being first party Microsoft, yeah. yeah, um, yeah, we had a lot of lag and issues Microsoft and being cr- a software crashes. company, there's a lot of crashes, an unimaginable amount of crosses, crashes, but it is on that's Game Pass, good. so you can play it there. That's what I did, um, <laughs> but then we rolled into another game that's arguably more important than that and more worth talking about, but I finally played Remnant from the Ashes, which is also on Game Pass. It is basically, um, to be super ultra reductive, it's Dark Souls with guns. It's more functions kind of like a Resident Evil 5, in terms of the shooting and everything, and kind of gives off vibes like that. And it's got major, major Destiny vibes as well, not in terms of the shooting, but in the environment and everything. It's kind of a weird alien thing going on. Um, really cool bosses the mechanics are pr- pretty good it, this was also i'm not gonna sugarcoat it on xbox shitloads of bugs no joke um you get these uh simulacrums which give you dragon hearts which dragon hearts heal you so it's they're the estes flask equivalent or potion equivalent that you get when you rest you'll get more of those but the simulacrums give you more of those and there's an old lady that you talk to to get those upgrades well when we're in a game together only the host and one other person can upgrade the other person gets screwed and locked out of the conversations for some fucking reason so they got (laughs) to go in their own game to get the upgrades it's dumb as fuck don't know why that happens and this seems to be more of a problem when you have all three people in a game. It seems a little bit more stable when you just have two people in a game. But if you ping, it will, like, leg the game up for a bit, and then it'll, like, resume, and then the pinging's, like, fine. But if you don't use it for a while, it'll redo it when you ping again. Like, to be like, there's an enemy. Um, So it's got a lot of fucking problems. Um, we had a lot of weird crashes and weird, uh net like, network issues where we couldn't meet up, like invite to people's games, it would give weird error message being like their networks unsafe, which didn't make any fucking sense. Um, cause then it was fine like 10 seconds later. So yeah, it's got, this has a lot of problem, but it's like a $40 game. You can get a lot of cheaper than that. Now it's, it came out last year, still has some DLC and other stuff coming to it. Um, it's a great game. It, it, cool world, cool concept, cool bosses. Like the, the bosses are kind of like a, uh, like a coin flip. So in some people's games, it'll be like this boss. And then in other people's game, it'll be this other fucking boss. And some of those bosses have alternative ways to kill them that give you different gear. It, that's always interesting because it seeds a world at the beginning of the game. And then you can reroll that seed to get different bosses. Um, Also, it doesn't have traditional leveling up. You'll get what's called trait points when you level, so to speak. Um, And you can put these in these different traits. But the thing is, is traits are pickups. So you might get a trait that you found that gives you extra crit chance. And then you can put your traits in that or firing rate or whatever it'll be. But you won't start with those traits. You'll start with like a endurance one, a vigor one and one called teamwork. Stuff like that. (laughs) which you can only put, I believe, up to 20 stats in those. But we finished that on Xbox, and we're pretty... I think we're like two or three Chivos from 100% completion in that. But what did we do after that? Well, it's on sale on PlayStation, so we bought it on PlayStation and rolled into the PlayStation. (laughs) And it seems a lot more stable on PlayStation. I haven't noticed as many bugs. We haven't run into the weird simulacrum bug where we can't and and it was a consistent the simulacrum thing was consistent again for all three people's games regardless of who created the game and what was going on it was just a weird xbox bug that i think is only on xbox because we never ran into it on playstation uh just overall kind of the game runs a bit smoother on playstation i don't specifically know why i would assume it still runs best (laughs) on pc but just seemed a bit stabler on PlayStation but maybe that's cuz I paid money for it on PlayStation and didn't use it through Gamepad. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah it's uh it's an interesting game. It kind of is in the eldritch horror space. Uh the first boss we did was a real rough ride but it's, you know, just trying to figure out the mechanics and after you get that nailed down it's not so bad. Yeah, I can Give that a firm recommend. If I mean, if I were to give it a number score in a review sense, I would put an eight, but that's me tilting it from the bugs because with all the bugs, I would say it's like a seven, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm like, it's a good proof of concept. I want to see what, where they go next with this. Like it, it's better than the, you know, all its parts. Basically it's like, it it makes a good cohesive whole. Obviously I'm playing it a second (laughs) time. So like I'm deranged. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and uh sure i played other shit but that was well oh yeah one more uh i need to finish it before it leaves game pass but i played a uh, river bond which i saw you also played, or maybe a little your bit. Kid
1: did. i don't know uh my son's been playing it a lot he, it, he it's enjoys stupid. it
0: i think it's a little better than minecraft dungeons in a way but you don't level up and you don't get gear really it's really arcadey drop in drop out type like
1: yeah you drop in just bash some people open up a chest and get a different weapon and it kind of reminds me of 3D
0: dot game heroes but yeah
1: it does with that pixel style
0: yeah it's kind of Better than that, though, because it's real arcadey. but it's got a lot yeah. of indie game characters in there, like the kid from Bastion's in there, and Juan yeah. from Guacamelee, a bullet from uh, Enter the Gungeon. There's a lot of dumb stuff in
1: there. Yeah, I played a little bit of it with him, but he mostly plays that just at random times throughout the day. Yeah, I always not... know what he's playing because I start getting the notification and uh, <laughs> uh, the well, achievement notifications. I'm like, oh, I'm getting achievements. Eventually, I'm going to have to just start switching him to his own profile, but... Right now, he, he can kept... earn you the Chivo. <laughs> yeah, because he's playing games that I don't play anyway, um, like Minecraft on the Xbox, um, but uh, he keeps... he can't. I had to hide... I Because on my Xbox, I had the demo for the Minecraft Xbox One Edition, which is the old Minecraft... Now it's like the bedrock edition. So like that Xbox one edition is a completely different version of Minecraft on the Xbox. And I had the demo of it and it always appeared in the menu for games that I owned. And I uninstalled it so that he would play the new, the newer version. And he would, he kept going into the games menu somehow and downloading the old like Minecraft Xbox one edition and he'd be playing that when I get home from work. I'm like, "Why are you playing this one? It's the wrong mind. It's This it's crappy the, version's the better, <laughs> and it's just the demo. It's, <laughs> so it, all it is it's like it's the tutorial in the beginning, and then you can do whatever, but you can't save the world. And so he and I mean, he's played the other version. I don't know why he like kept going. So I finally, I figure out a way to hide it from the menu so that he couldn't go and download it again. And then he asked me, Why'd you delete the, my version of Minecraft? <laughs> I'm like, No, that's the wrong my version. He's supposed to play the other one. Minecraft. He's like, Well, that was, he goes, but that one was mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, No, that's the wrong version. You play this version. This is the version you're supposed to play. Yeah, oh, it might be man, best to kid. get him
0: set on his own profile here pretty soon.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Like, i have to teach him to figure out how to. I mean, he's smart enough to know, but it's just. So he's parental just, he's, control, so he can't accidentally buy a bunch of shit. He's stubborn. And at the same time, I still want it to be convenient for me. I don't want to have to enter a fucking pin number every time I turn on the Xbox. Yeah, so yeah. like Just get him his I, own Xbox. Yeah. Currently the only thing <laughs> You gotta buy your I, own games, kid. I didn't have Life's any, rough I, I didn't have any any um Any controls before, but now I finally did go around to since now he's able to like get into like the store area. I put a so you have to have a pin number to buy anything, so that's I think that's probably the area of good enough. (laughs) I don't think he's gonna well, I mean, so many kid friendly
0: games have microtransactions, which is just sick, but.
1: Yeah. So I I don't want him to be like, oh, I want that and then just start downloading stuff not knowing that I'm paying for it. So yeah, I have a, a pin number to um buy anything on the Xbox store now so that he doesn't accidentally buy anything. But that's basically as far as I don't I I don't think I need any other parental controls and fuck I don't want to have to put in a pin number just to play a game I want to play, so You
0: might have to to print them from buying <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, one more game. This is the last one, I swear. Um, I beat a game <laughs> called Severed. It's a really old indie game. It's by Drinkbox Games, I think, but Drinkbox. Uh, they made uh, Guacamelee. Uh, okay. This also has a similar art style, but it came out several years ago. It's on tablets. I think it's even on phones. It came out on 3DS, but I played it on the Vita. It's probably about the only Vita game I actually played from start to finish, finally. Uh, you're You're a girl, you're kind of in a purgatory looking place, but you're, your arm went missing. You're So you're missing an arm, but you got like a sword thing going on. So you got to swipe the screen to kill enemies by swiping, but it's got a pretty intricate combat system and how the enemies function. You got to be smart about your swipes. Nice. Um, uh, But I think it's a very like for a very limited tool set game that's not using a whole bunch of buttons or anything or in the fact that the main Play controls is swiping. I think it's very intelligent about all that. But I mean, the narrative wise, it's kind of about coping with loss. And in many ways, like your family at the very start is missing, slash, like they're dead, but their bodies are missing. So you got to go find their bodies. But your arm's also missing. So obviously, <laughs> a lot of loss parallels going on, like yet. Um, but I think it handled all that stuff very, very well, very delicately. It's a very easy game to platinum. So I went for the platinum. You just got to hundred percent complete all the areas, which it signpost what you need in all those areas. And when you miss shit and where collectibles are pretty well on the map. So you don't got to worry about all that shit. But yeah, it was, uh, I like the art of that game. It's really vector arty, Like it looks like it was designed in illustrator type game. <laughs> <laughs> kind of reminds me a little of Wolfenstein like because the way you like walk it will like be or missed I guess where it'll be like a uh, frame by frame kind of like for the little areas you can go in like a little box that you can move forward look around a room move forward again. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about that because it is a older indie game that was very well received so I'm sure pe- a lot of people know about it but I finally got around to playing it and it is it is good it's really good I've. I have the same thoughts as everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what, what what have you been up to? What have you been playing
1: in all these years that we haven't seen each other? Oh, God. Well, see, and the, the unfortunate side effect of the seasonal affective disorder stuff is that I didn't feel like playing video games.
0: Oh, so you have um, an Xbox sad. Yeah. Or seasonal no, I, affective disorder. So I expects. mean,
1: I, yeah. So I still I still was playing the out uh, occasionally in the Rocket League but there's nothing really new to report there. But this last weekend I started playing Stellaris on the Xbox which is uh by Paradox Games, the guys that made Surviving Mars. Um so this is one of those like hardcore style like space fleet type games where you're trying to essentially conquer the galaxy um but there's like so many different working parts where it's like you have to manage the jobs on your planet like your starting planet for like power production and and other types of shit that you have on the planet so that you can uh, fuel your empire and build your fleet and spread your uh influence across the galaxy you capture new star systems and then you build miners and mining platforms to harvest the resources in that system. And you just keep spreading like a virus. Um, And it's difficult because you have to manage, you constantly have to manage the expansion of your empire while also trying to pay attention to your resources, because there's not just like, Hey, the only resource you have is money. It's like, Oh, you have like resources for, um research or researching stuff and there's like three different resources for that and then there's your energy resource and your there's your building materials and alloys to build ships and crazy all sorts of crazy stuff that you have to pay attention to and there's always like the more you expand the more you need to have to maintain your empire so you have to make sure you're working on developing more stuff and working on your populations and uh like the big key for that is getting habitable planets so that you can spread to different planets because your planets become like the big um resource developers because you can capture a system and be like oh well now i get plus two energy points per month but if you have a planet and you call it as a planet and you can build power stations on it and each power station will give you plus eight energy points per month um but that also comes with the population. You have to make sure you have the population to staff those facilities. And if you don't, then they just sit dormant and they're actually costing you energy um, because they're not producing anything. So it's like a really crazy balancing, really in depth kind of space fleet simulation style game. It's very unforgiving. I keep getting my ass handed to me after playing for like hours. <laughs> I'll like build like oh yeah I'll like I'll have like several systems. I'm like wow, I, I have a pretty decent sized chunk of uh of the galaxy uncovered here, and then I'll like come up against the border of another alien um species that um that they've been building because obviously there's AI and everything, and um they're like oh well they're, they're sometimes they're friendly sometimes they're not. And so then it'll show you the territory that they control. I'm like, wow, this guy's empire is like twice as big as mine and I'm fucked. (laughs) And there's also like peace stuff. Like you can talk, you can try to negotiate with other, uh, species and try to like do like peace packs or you can declare war or you can declare a rivalry, all sorts of stuff like that. You can like close your borders to where like, you can close your borders to specific, um, species. Like oh, I'm enemies with that guy. I'll close the borders of that guy, but you can come into my my empire. Um, it's uh, they're they're pretty unforgiving because every time I've tried to like form an alliance, I've only successfully formed a lo- and some sort of alliance once. Most of the time, they're like, "Yeah, we have no we have no reason to protect your tiny empire. Or you have no technology that we want because they're always like way more advanced than me." <laughs> so. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that's been a lot of uh, fun playing that, trying to um, build that. It is a very it is a very good soundtrack. It's like very like cinematic, but also synthy, So kind of kind of like the Daft Punk Tron soundtrack. It's kind of along those veins of music. Um, fun to listen to. I wish there was more songs. I mean, after a while, it just starts repeating the same songs. Um, but it's actually playing this is making me want to go back and play x3 again which is a game i've already played before and this is just like another sandbox game but this one you're more or less it's like first person you have your one ship and you can build fleets and control them but it's all like basically ai like you're like oh i bought this ship and i put an ai in it and i can buy other ships and they can be in formation with that ship and they go and the ai will just go and trade or something so it's making me want to play that again because I like I enjoyed those mechanics because I just keep getting frustrated from getting murdered after spending several hours in one play trying to advance my species only just to get wrecked by some other (laughs) alien coming in like yeah I'm just gonna declare war with you and just come and destroy you it's like that you're not a threat but I just don't like you here (laughs) yeah Well, because you can you come across like there's like it's like randomized traits sometimes like certain species have different traits. But then sometimes you get like randomization aspect to it where like you come up against some other alien species and they're like their their classification is militant isolationists. And they're, I guess, what, the, what we people are, uh, call a fallen empire. And so, like, they're very, very, very powerful. And they only control a kind of a small amount of systems. But if you enter a system next to theirs and try to capture it so that you have, like, an immediate border with them, they will demand that you leave that system and abandon your claim to it. Or you can be like, yeah, you can't bully me. I'll do what I want. And then they will immediately declare war with you and they will create a war path directly to your home planet and destroy everything in its wake. And they will leave your home planet and then leave and be like, okay, well, we're cool now after we destroyed everything but your home planet. Um, But just don't uh, don't fuck up again. Don't don't think about bordering our territory ever again. We're going to come after you.
0: Blast you back to the Stone Ages.
1: When you declare war, or when, or when anyone declares war with you, um, you have to specify your intent of the war. And one of the, uh, I don't know, like how I haven't gone far enough into the game to really like do much, but there's like different like intents where like one is like extermination. You just want to exterminate them. One of the uh, options, which is the only one that I've ever had access to, um and is the one that that specific species did to me was uh humiliation. That <laughs> was their intent of declaring war was to humiliate you. And there's like negative effects to that. Like we're like, now you're like, your units are like, Oh, your, your units are like 10% weaker for 10 years because of this, losing this war. <laughs> so it kind of fucks you. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you can trade, you can set up trade agreements. Um, lot of really cool stuff in this game i'm very terrible at it um probably give it a couple more tries and before i give up and go play x3 or something (laughs) but it's it's really cool it's it's really interesting there's a lot of depth to it i mean there's multiple dlc expansions too um and i'm playing this on xbox and they did a really good job of actually translating like like real ass rts controls to a controller um, granted, I think on the PC version, you can develop like hyper drives and stuff and just go to like whatever system you want, um, next to your star. But in the console, they more or less limit you to the, uh, the hyper lanes that are kind of, Oh, there's hyper lanes between these. So you kind of just follow the hyper lanes. But I think in the PC version, you can eventually develop technology to just go anywhere. It doesn't, you don't have to use the hyper lanes, but the console version for sake of simplicity and using a controller i think they limit you to the hyper lanes
0: yeah that makes sense which is
1: it's fine i mean it's it's a hell of a lot better than like what a a halo wars did where it's like oh you have all this land but you can only build a base at this building that you found and like everything involved with your base is just a module on on this building (laughs) i always hated that That's based I don't know if Halo Wars 2 did anything different, but I know that's what Halo Wars 1 was, and I had no interest in that. I'm like, I don't like part of the why part of why I play RTS games is to build a gigantic base. That's what I do in Red Alert. That's what I do in Command and Conquer.
0: You want those big
1: ass armies. I want a giant army. I want to zoom out as far as I can, take my mouse to one end of the screen, scroll it to the other end of the screen, and press attack.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I agree. That's and i realize i don't i'm not into the micromanagement that most people are in rts games i'm just into real casual just ai skirmish mashes or yeah exactly you know, and this is like a friends i guess
1: yeah it's like a and this is a healthy mix of both where there is a little bit of micromanaging but um the ai more or less kind of just does what it does and um You can construct specific fleets and like that fleet manager thing is pretty cool where you go and you have like a menu and you can you create a fleet and you can choose like you you can build there's a ship designer and you you build ships based off of the equipment and technology you have access to. Um so you basically you'll have like a Corvette design and you have kind of different things that you can put on that like, oh I want to put a nuke launcher on this Corvette and and there's just different pieces you can Put together, and uh you can save all those designs, and then they become a- accessible for you to build those ships. But they also become accessible in the fleet manager, and in the fleet manager, you can like there's like a drop down menu where it's like, oh, add this type of ship to the fleet, and then you can you can select how many of that ship you want in the fleet, and then you can go and add another ship and select how many you want of that ship in the fleet, and then you can just press a button, and if you have enough resources the um your shipyards will just start producing those ships and you can choose like what home base you want your fleet to be based out of um if you don't have enough material it will just create whatever you have material for so you can just create partial fleet if you don't have all the materials you need um and that's just kind of like a really easy thing to do so you're not sitting there like you're not going to your shipyard and being like i need to select this thing like 10 times to produce 10 ships and you could just do the fleet manager and just press a button it starts producing your fleet for you and if you get into a battle and after you're done with the battle there's like there's buttons to where you can resupply your fleet and what that does is it will create new ships to replace whatever ships you lost in that battle and you can also like go upgrade fleets like if you have parts if you have technology that have been upgraded since you created your fleet you can have them return to a shipyard and get the upgrades um you can return to get them repaired so it's that part's pretty cool um the exploration part can be frustrating because you have to like send a science ship out and have a like a scientist in the ship so you have to hire a scientist put them in the ship and then the ship you can go and have them survey uh a system and you can't um colonize a system or make claim to it until it's 100 percent surveyed and sometimes certain systems have a lot of shit to survey and it take fucking forever so your scientist <laughs> is just tied up in this system for like fucking three years surveying it. Hey, research <laughs> takes some time and you can if you want you can have multiple science ships surveying but like that's another thing you have to keep in mind though that um every ship you have has a maintenance cost so you're taking away from your potential points from building if you have multiple ships not only that but you have to spend points to hire those uh, scientists so yeah that's a there's a, there's a lot of moving parts in this game but it's enjoyable if you really like any type of like space RTS game this is probably worth checking out Sounds um, good
0: to me yeah uh, I mean I haven't played an RTS in a really long, long time. Yeah,
1: And it's, it's on game pass. So I mean, check it out on game pass. I mean, it, it, I don't think I bought it. Well, let me check. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. It's I on don't game even pass. know if I bought it. Uh, yep. It's on game pass. It's also on game pass PC. So if you want to play it on PC, it's there.
0: The superior version.
1: But yeah. So yeah. Stellaris pretty good game. I'd play it. <laughs> <laughs> you did play it. I hate to I did play news it to you. You did play it. I'd, I'd play it. Um, other than that, I I watched Avatar The Last Airbender. I binged that. I binged the hell out of that.
0: I also binged that. I mean, I, I'm i sick show. deranged. It is really good. I love the, uh, the juxtaposition of the show is really nice in that it has basically two main protagonist in a sense yeah the the antagonist zuko becomes like a protagonist but yeah that aside it the juxtaposition of their stories mirroring each other is just beautifully done
1: yeah it is such a good show i it's been just one of our favorites um in this household i i don't i try not to think about the live action movie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: it's, I mean, their Netflix is going to make a live action series, which who knows how uh, that will end up. Know.
1: I don't know about it, but yeah, we'll see. But yeah, Frost saw the the live act 'cause the live action movies also on Netflix. She saw them like, oh man, I know it's so bad, but I almost want to like watch it after we finish this, just just, to, just <laughs> because I'm like, why would you? Why would you want to leave a, this? Series with a bad taste in your mouth. You watch this Ugh. masterpiece and then watch this piece of garbage afterwards. Well, and I'm
0: surprised Cora's not on their Legend of Cora. That is
1: surprising
0: because that's weird. They have to have their rights to it, I would assume.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping that I, there's there's like a stronger deal between Nickelodeon and Netflix eventually to like where all their stuff hits Netflix. Hopefully, um. Because I mean know some stuff I guess is on Hulu, um but I mean, I know like there's a couple like the the Invaders Zim and the Rockers Modern Life, even though they were already things being made, but um Netflix bought the rights for them to have them on Netflix exclusively um so that's I don't know i i i'd like I like the the world where Netflix is producing new Nickelodeon content
0: it makes <laughs> sense, like that kind of tracks.
1: Yeah. And well and someone on Twitter had asked the question like well would you subscribe to like a Nickelodeon only network like for subscribing or streaming where they just have everything Nickelodeon. And I'm like I don't I like, don't know like cuz No. Nah. As much as I like old stuff like the old stuff like for the most part, I mean the, obviously the last airbender is it's the exception, but for the most part I want to watch new shit. There's too much new shit that I still don't even have time to watch. So, it's hard for me to justify going back and watching old stuff that I've already seen. But I would, and, and I just don't foresee like Nickelodeon being like, oh, yeah, we have this new streaming network and we're producing fresh new content. I always, I just, I imagine like if Nickelodeon were to do a Disney Plus, it wouldn't be nearly as good as a Disney Plus. Oh, and yeah. And the content, the content would be nowhere near the same quality. But, If you put it in the hands of Netflix and Netflix puts the money where it needs to go, I think that you have a better shot.
0: Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, it's such an odd thing because the basically the team that made Korra left. They left Nickelodeon because Nickelodeon and them were butting heads over essentially LGBTQ messaging. And yes, yeah, so they went to netflix which is very yeah. pro all that stuff so yeah
1: and now there's like all these nickelodeon things on netflix and yes and netflix is very pro lgbt friendly i mean stuff like sense eight comes to mind
0: <laughs> i mean um, basically i think i feel like every single show has like some lgbtq presence
1: yeah which sometimes like i i i think it's it's cool it's very cool to normalize it. I like It that. feels
0: ham-fisted sometimes in certain situations.
1: Yeah, sometimes it does. But like I said, it, I just feel like so, in some places, it's it's cool to normalize it. And it, I think it's kind of a bummer when people write Netflix off for that reason. I know a lot of people that are like, oh, well, they're always trying to shoehorn their political agenda and all their shows. And it's like, can you just enjoy the fucking show?
0: There are just <laughs> like, some shows where it's like, did this like do we need to have a lesbian sex scene in this thing like that happens <laughs> well, i mean a that's lot. Th-
1: that's sense eight the show <laughs> <laughs> the entire show <laughs> sense eight lesbian and gay sex scene the show
0: which like like i said there's some but very cool something show. like, like sense eight it is and sense eight it it's like
1: plays a role yeah it has a a meaning
0: yeah it's just in other shows it's like okay like I guess there's an obligatory lesbian scene. (laughs) Like, I don't really know why. (laughs) But, uh, one of the shows to me that felt kind of, this is gonna be so weird, but Sabrina felt oddly like it had pandery stuff that was, like, verging on, like, tokenism for some of these characters. But then I found out it's the the writing and everything is handled by uh, a lot of trans folks i don't think there's a single straight or white person oh, really? on the writing huh. team at all so then i was like this is odd like some of the things i was like it's odd that they would handle it this way then where it feels very like tokenism
1: yeah that is we i didn't, i didn't that's on like season 3 now isn't it
0: yeah the first two seasons were pretty good and then the third season kind of not so great but I know someone I who's even... in the opposite boat being like, the first two seasons were okay, <laughs> and the third season is amazing, and I'm like, huh,
1: interesting. I started watching it, and I've liked it so far. I, only, I think I only watched, like, two episodes I liked it, but I was just like, I'm, I'm at this, like, critical mass of, like, shows I can watch, so it's like, I... Yeah, you're... I, I mean, everybody is fairly inundated with shows. Like I said, there's always new shit coming out. I don't have time to watch all the new shit, so it's like I gotta gotta pick and choose. And it's like if I'm if I feel something more than something else, then I gotta watch that instead.
0: Yeah, I got um, a
1: new the new Shira season. I wanna wanna watch. I see got... that's been all the Shira has been on my. It's been <laughs> on my list forever. I haven't watched any of it yet. Got to check. Same that with out. like it's the rest good. of the Castlevania shit. I know that's real good. I haven't watched it yet.
0: Um, what else? But uh, New Bucky The Grappler season came out. I gotta watch that.
1: I saw that. I added it to my list. I didn't even know there was a first season, so I have. My, I guess I'm already behind. I mean, you're like
0: technically super ultra mega behind because it's <laughs> there's now three seasons on Netflix, but it kind of Baki picked up where the original anime left off. So, Oh, so there's, <laughs> but I mean, you don't, it's a bunch of buff dudes fighting. You don't, and it, <laughs> Dude, it kind yeah. of abridges the old stuff in the new okay. season. So you're not going to be missing much of Baki being young.
1: Have you watched any of space force?
0: No, I want to, but I've heard it's real middling, but
1: it's Yeah. I'm, I'm about halfway through and it's good, not great, but it's not bad. I feel like as far as my opinion goes, say what you will about all the shows that people like, um, I feel like workplace comedies have kind of already had their moment and it's over.
0: (laughs) It started and ended with the office.
1: Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, I I know like Parks and Rec is pretty highly acclaimed, and I know I'm missing something. There's another one that people seem to like, Uh, Thirty Rock. I know people like that.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but I feel like workplace comedies kind of had their workplace sitcoms, if you will. They've had their place. I feel like that's kind of I don't know. It becomes tropey at this point to have another one. Um, I feel like this. Space Force took all of the tropes from The Office and put it into a new show. Um <laughs> Well, then I'll probably n- not like it cuz
0: I hated it, The Office.
1: But I it has a different vibe than The Office. It's a totally different vibe. I there's some char- like um God, what's his name? Is it John Malkovich is that? John character? Malkovich
0: is in there, yeah. Steve Carell.
1: Yeah, let's see. Uh I want to make your Yeah, John Malkovich's character is fucking amazing. I mean, <laughs> he's like that's he's, actually
0: why I wanted to watch it
1: because he's my favorite character in the show by far.
0: John Malkovich is just a phenomenal actor.
1: Sometimes Steve Carell is a little hard in because he's doing the uh, the voice. He's trying to do like a, a gruffer voice and it doesn't work that well for me for he's, his voice. Like I. It sounds like Michael my Scott trying to act because- tough
0: because. He he was a funny character in the office but I feel most of his roles have been serious and he's a very good actor but he just has yeah. this look about him
1: that I feel he's always going to say something funny <laughs> like he's just See I I know he's he's pretty good at being serious but in this it seems like he's trying to be comedy serious and the voice just doesn't do it for me his voice doesn't sound good in a gruff voice it sounds it it sounds like fucking michael scott like trying to be like prison mike i don't know he's, <laughs> he's he's trying to do like a gruff voice and it doesn't work for me it's just it doesn't it just i hear steve carell but not i don't know it's it's not a great voice it's it's something that i just have to look past eventually it's it's hard though um but it's a funny show i enjoy it so far there's there's a lot of like jabs in there i mean there's a guy named um fuck tony which is obviously like he's like a social media guy so it's obvious Uh, that he's it's fuck jerry reference um and he his character is pretty funny uh there's yeah it's a it's a good show i if i would at least check out the first couple episodes to see if it's your thing or not um but uh if not for just for John Malkovich's character, <laughs> just, uh, like, and at first you're like, man, this guy, I don't know, but he really he grows on you in like the best way. It's just the way he talks, uh, just his, the droning voice. Uh, have you watched Being John Malkovich? I have not. You need to watch
0: that movie. It, oh my god,
1: 1999. That it's movie's in movie.
0: like my probably top ten. It's on a top ten somewhere for something.
1: It's great. Directed by Spike Jones. It's a masterpiece. With a budget of thirteen million dollars.
0: That's higher than I would expect.
1: <laughs> um but yeah. It's good. Good ish. Great not it's great. It's something good. to watch. It's, it's something to watch. It's 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 another one of those shows that you could probably like after you watch it through. It's another, it's a good background show like The Office's, where it's like yeah, if you're not I mean, really doing anything, you can just put The Office on in the background, and then it's not, it's just it's there, it's doing its thing. Um, that's how
0: I was treating uh, Avatar.
1: Yeah, and the ban the the banter between like the different like they're, they're when there's scenes with other. Representatives of other um military forces, like the banter between those two and how they treat, or those two, but there's the between the other forces, um, the, <laughs> how they treat each other and act and talk to each other is hilarious. Like, basically, like the Coast Guard is the butt of everyone's joke. <laughs> it's great. Um, they have like different level like, they'll like be a meeting uh, in the Pentagon and they'll love like only certain, um, like, um, Like in the beginning, um, he's getting his, his four star general thing or three, is it three or four stars is the top, whatever is the top star, technically five star, but in normal
0: situations, it's four.
1: Okay. So he, uh, I I think he gets his four star status right in the beginning of the show. And he goes, we only have
0: five star generals in wartime and they have more uh, like power than the president.
1: Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. So he he's walking into like the Pentagon meeting, and another dude stops him. He's like, "Hold on, it's No, no three star generals. This is a four star general meeting only." <laughs> and and then they just start insulting each other. It's great. <laughs> um, and that's the meeting where he finds out that he's he's in charge of the space force. Oh, yeah, man. which I They're heard like,
0: they that show like copyrighted or patented a bunch of space force stuff so now yeah they trademarked
1: a bunch of space force stuff but like i don't think any of that's gonna hold up in court because they like applied for like trademarks that they weren't even using i mean especially against the government the
0: government can kind of do whatever the fuck it wants
1: yeah yeah uh we're the government um we're revoking your space force now you have to rename your show have fun with that no
0: (laughs) i mean basically like
1: yeah but yes it's it's, if if uh if you my at least mildly like workplace comedies then i would watch it i just feel like um the office was like had had like a magic to it that i don't think can be replicated and i feel like a lot of people a lot of people are comparing it and it's getting like good reviews but also getting bad reviews because people are like they just have the office in the back of their head and i think a lot of that is because steve carell is in it so people just keep thinking the office. It You have to kind of separate from the office as much as you can because it's like it's not the office and it's not filmed like the office because it's a workplace comedy, but it's not like a mockumentary style thing.
0: Oh, it doesn't not, have people looking at the camera
1: with a shit eating grin. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't have any gym. <laughs> yeah, they don't have it's not like a. it's not set up like a reality show like the office is it's just showing how things are um but yeah so i think we'll take a quick break and then we um we'll be back with community engagement what's up nerds this is rich the host of the three fat nerds podcast i would like to invite you to check out our podcast available anywhere you get podcasts just by searching three fat nerds we are two shows on one channel late every monday night we release the flagship three fat nerds podcast where we discuss all things pop culture and nerdum. we talk about movies shows games comics and more then late every Thursday night, we release 3FNW, our pro wrestling podcast, where we give our thoughts and takes on the wrestling business. So listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Like us on Facebook, 3 Fat nerds Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at 3FatNerdsPod. And most importantly, enjoy our musings. With that being said, there's only one thing left to say. Later, nerds! All right, and we are back. And, uh... First, we're going to start off with a black gesso paint. (laughs) Okay. All right. We have community engagement. And this week, the question, question of the week, as soon as I can navigate to it with my phone, our question this week is, what skills have you developed as a result of playing video games? Um. So if we're we're going to start on Instagram first this week. The Gram. The Gram. So So first reply from Shart Select Pod: a massive Hulk-like thumb muscle. <laughs> that's a, that's not a skill. That's a physical attribute. <laughs> um, Bo's Game Room of the Bobo Show. Of precisely podcast. That's what that's what uh the GOGP calls precisely the Bobo show. <laughs> Makes me laugh every time. Um making sure my wife is content and happy so that I can game for a few hours. It's good skill. It's good skill. Uh the Chronicles of a Gamer says patience, multitasking, learning the weakness of your enemies. Sometimes being the best isn't enough. Learning to control my bladder for long hours of gaming, eating healthier so you can game longer knowing when to place the, con- the controller down rather than throw it, how to scratch my <laughs> balls when I'm exploring at the same time. <laughs> Listen to podcasts in one ear and the game in another and merge the two sounds as one.
0: A lot of great skills there. A lot, a
1: lot GOGP <laughs> GO says, are you sure you're not talking about what karate taught you? I can now see you in the UFC and under martial art, if, I, if as it'll say, gaming. <laughs> Uh, And then Ghost of Gamer Pass says The skill of being able to sit on my ass And be oblivious to the world for hours and hours Also these mad Instagram skills I guess they're a byproduct of playing video games (laughs) I said I must have specced up the wrong skill tree Yeah you did And then he They're says, Well, you level Twitter. your Twitter up nicely. <laughs> <laughs> and then he also said, I forgot to mention haggling at pawn shops. Those damn retro games are always overpriced. <laughs> uh, unofficial controller podcast says, The ability to talk lots of nonsense. Oh, that we know all about nonsense. <laughs> we know all about that nonsense. Um, let's see. We'll head over to Twitter. Uh, first. Uh, Missing role player found at role found says break pot, get money. Wait, that sounds wrong. Um, Nerds with friends at nerds with friend says eating food. You find abandoned on the ground heals you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dem fancy productions at dem fancy says town planning and international diplomacy. Geek Exploration, the podcast at Geek Explorer pod says I played MMOs primarily Final Fantasy 11 and 14 like they were a part time job for years. As a result of all the monitoring, all my cooldown timers during battle, I have an excellent innate sense of time passing, especially in the 10 second to five minute range. (laughs) It's it's very, very specific.
0: Gotta manage them cooldowns.
1: Yeah. Uh, geeks Labyrinth at geeks underscore Labyrinth says, "Having fast reflexes is essential
0: for what though?
1: <laughs> um, for video games." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, NDFX gaming and variety channel at NDFX gaming says as a big RPG lover, our own at NDFX art underscore artist has learned to write some amazingly cheesy screenplays. Our other half at mage against has learned how to curse at children. Thanks to online shooters. Uh geek salad podcast at geek salad radio says my barrel jumping skills are on fire. Thanks. Gun- Donkey Kong. <laughs> We know all Good. about that here. We know. got a lot of great replies here. Uh, code at lga code says, "Play Minecraft literally helped me get the job I have now. I included it on my resume. I didn't mention Minecraft specifically, but I talked about how I learned to run Linux servers, SQL database, and mod applications (in parentheses Minecraft). I use all of these skills in my current job. Well, hey, <laughs> <laughs> um, Geek Freaks Podcast at Geek." freaks pod says is procrastination a skill if so i've mastered that thanks games thanks video game thanks (laughs) thanks obama uh grief burrito at grief burrito says i learned that sometimes you have to keep throwing yourselves at a situation and adapt thanks dark souls
0: (laughs) i think dark souls is more of a meditation than anything (laughs) else
1: (laughs) Uh, grand rapidians play video games at grand underscore video says it helps laparoscopic surgeons improve skills hey are you saying you're a laparoscopic surgeon is that (laughs) (laughs) um the c word at c word pod says i learned that i'm quickly an above average sim racer or wait i i learned that i'm actually an above average sim racer Hmm. oh Maybe you could be a real racer.
0: Rex racer. (laughs) Racer X. Uh,
1: Speed Speed Racer.
0: Speed Racer's brother. Rex (laughs) racer.
1: Uh Tanami Hub at anime with RJ says driving or driving, fast talking, and negotiation. Um Roden Geek official podcast at Ronan Geekery says, I would say two things, attention to detail, like searching for puzzle clues in Resident Evil games and tons of geography from the Assassin's Creed series.
0: Not just history.
1: (laughs) The the only geography I know is follow the river and find civilization (laughs) (laughs) Uh, out of the sandbox at out of the sandbox says how to survive an apocalypse. LO okay, seriously, storytelling. Um, the weekly cool down podcast at WK cool down says games with puzzles, particularly survival horror games with very smart puzzles have helped me develop critical thinking. And if that's too generic of an answer, answer online shooters have taught me to ignore the haters.
0: (laughs) I mean, missed missed was impossible, but that was creative problem solving. (laughs)
1: yeah uh geek salad podcast at geek salad radio says you can tell where you stand with your friends if you have if you're handed the dreaded third-party controller oh my god um and then my favorite comment from the twitter group gamer weekly at gamer weekly that's a gamer with a three for the e uh says i can jump on people to make them disappear (laughs) (laughs) i'd like to see that i don't know no, I think you're lying to me. I think this is a phony. If I can't see them, they can't see me. <laughs> That's how that works,
0: Justin. If I have and to now, jump on their head so I can't see them, so be it.
1: <laughs> and now, uh, Facebook, where basically it's all joke answers. Um, so Jeff says trolling. Ewan says I'm now highly proficient in hating women and minorities. Oh, not the right time. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh Lloyd says depression. Oh uh, the Pong says getting PTSD from listening to music. Daniel says learned a couple of words. Gamer words. I wonder, yeah, I wonder which ones. Um Kyle says escapism from the clown world we call reality. Uh Eris says, I greatly improved my English and I keep learning new words every day. Gamer words. Yeah, I wonder if that's more gamer words. Uh Another Daniel says, I learned how to cry on command after EA devoured so many good studios. <laughs> oh, Jesus. my God. Oh, that, I, felt that <laughs> I felt that one. That's uh, the darkest answer. I felt that one. Sang says, I learned to live in a society. <laughs> and, then, and then Eris replied to that one said, and to be oppressed as a gamer. <laughs> Gamers are the most oppressed. That's Jesus. the meme, I guess.
0: Once again, um, not, not right now, man. Yeah, not right it's now. not.
1: Um <laughs> Alessandro says dopamine addiction. Uh yeah. Dominic says how to curb addiction. <laughs> now I'll just play <laughs> one more round. <laughs> uh Nate says I've gotten pretty decent at Texas Hold'em. Uh Patrick says, understanding that you can't turn and break at the same time. Also the Nuremberg Nürbur- the Nur- Nuremberg ring. <laughs> I guess I guess you get a lot of that's a popular racing track in racing games. Um Julio says, accounting and money management. That's a
0: serious answer. That yeah, that's a
1: serious. Uh, um, <laughs> so Peter replied to them, you don't use cheat codes, do you? And then they said, almost impossible in MMOs. <laughs> <laughs> so this sounds like an EVE player. This person has to be an EVE online player. Accounting and money management. It sounds like EVE online. In fact, I'm going to ask them that. Um... Chris says, how to successfully trade sleep for dopamine. Uh, uh, Phil says, I figured MMORPGs and survival games would have taught me patience nearly two decades later. However, I must report they have not. Scrap mechanic did help my understanding of logic gates, though. Uh, Jonathan says, believe it or not, StarCraft actually taught me how to be competitive without being a dick about it.
0: <laughs> I don't believe that. No.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh yet another Daniel says, I play mostly grand strategy and I've learned a lot of geography. I probably learned more about the world in the last three years than I ever did in school. Again with the geography. No no history. <laughs> um Sebastian says map reading reflexes how how not to be seen by AI. Oh yeah, we're gonna be professionals that sneaking around AI facial recognition. You just look
0: like a juggalo.
1: Just <laughs> Yeah. I never did do the thing that I wanted to do. I wanted to like Come to the podcast, not dressed as a juggalo, but I just wanted to have Fago and just be like, I'm I'm a juggalo now because <laughs> juggalo face mat or face paint uh, 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 defeats facial recognition technology. So I have to become juggalo, a juggalo tech is
0: light years ahead of where we are,
1: right? <laughs> that face that face uh, deflection technology is the best. Those juggalos are playing on PS nine. Um, Chase says, "Oh no, I messed up. I've only been playing Quake since 1996. I've learned nothing but rocket jumping." (laughs) Speaking, which have you have you listened to the Giant Bomb this week? No, no. Oh fuck. Okay, when you do, it's that last comment's going to be relevant. It's (laughs) and you're going to laugh. Um, it's gonna, it's I love it, (laughs) but. We'll move on. Um, uh, George says, getting good at Guitar Hero, putting me off of uh, getting good at real guitar for a few years. The drums and rock band did actually help me l- to learn drums, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bryant says, if I want to play, pay respects to someone, I just have to say F. God damn it. <laughs> this one's totally not a skill, but Justice says Carpal Tunnel. Oh, man. That's that's just an again that's a physical attribute. That that shit's a just shit's just real. That
0: shit's <laughs> just for fucking real.
1: And yet another Daniel, the fourth Daniel, autism. God damn it! I, that's I don't know if that that's not a thing you can just develop. It's not a skill. Um, last one here. Keto says boosts my self confidence. To be honest, and keeps me creating things of my own. So we had to end it on a positive one, especially after fucking autism, Daniel. Your autism. Damn it, Daniel. <laughs> oh fuck. Um so that was question of the week. Um I think that's it. That's all I got. That's it. I wanted to bring in another topic for this week. This is a, we took a break like at like an hour, and then we we have another half and then there's like a half hour after that. That's that's hilarious. Not even not even that. I think the last section of the show right now, we stopped at an hour 10 for the first part of the show. So we're, we have 20 minutes in the second segment of the show. I played all the games. I should have just put in a break after your segment, and then that would have been about even. I'm sorry.
0: That. I played everything.
1: I would, have, I would have brought in another topic. Just, there is something I want to talk about, but it's 11.50, so I'm going to have to hold off until next week. I want to talk about... Next week, I want to talk about streaming music in uh while streaming video games because that seems to be a hot button right now in the gaming community so i wanted to um speak my thoughts on that but you'll have to wait till next week for that streaming seems music
0: like. is a no no <laughs> bueno <laughs>
1: um, but yeah so we're gonna have to end this episode episode 65 of the podcast um, so if you follow if you would like to Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Mostly Twitter. That's where I spend most of my time is on Twitter. Um, You can check out our website, lga.gg. Again, we are switching from Discord to Gilded. So be on the lookout for a link to join our Gilded if you want to hang out with us there. It's basically just another Discord. But the features are a lot better than Discord. I think it's going to be the next big thing uh in gaming chats um
0: until they get bought so out
1: by discord until they get bought out by discord well then i mean or facebook we'll see. or someone or they buy discord no <laughs> um they did secure a whole buttload of money and in, in investment so they're gonna be big they're gonna be big but yeah hang out with us there uh if you enjoyed this show please consider giving us a review on itunes and or i guess itunes doesn't exist anymore but apple podcasts or PodChaser. just search for like gaming arena you will find us give us a five star um and uh leave us a review and that would be awesome we'll be your best friend if you like we said marcus will be your best friend if you review our show if it's five stars i don't think it'll be your best friend if it's not a five star review be very sad <laughs> uh but oh man i was listening to an early episode of the unpaid programming podcast and they had they got a one star review so they like read the review and the one of the guys was just like that's my favorite review <laughs> cuz they're like all the five star reviews are like boring they're all just like too nice and <laughs> That was a funny way of looking at it. They got that they turned a one star review into content. How about that? Um, but yeah, so give us, don't don't give us one star reviews because <laughs> I don't know if that's content for us. I can't <laughs> but, handle it. Uh, yeah, I'll I cry. can't handle the rejection. Uh, give us five star reviews, all that fun stuff. Um, also, you can email us at lga.gg or not, fuck, that's our website. You email us at social. At lga.gg and uh you can send in questions we will answer them on the community engagement segment or if you want the question to be uh the question we put out as our question of the week just let us know in the email and i'll add it to the list of questions and with all that being said i think that's going to be it for the show this week peace